Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from an empty space inside a mouse's heart here in 2019. <laughs> wow. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Iskohoff. And with us today is Dana Schwartz. Hey. She is a writer for Entertainment Weekly, mm-hmm. a magazine I've read every, every I've issue. Probably, I've read almost every issue of Entertainment Weekly. I'm not even Since kidding. Since like 1991, I've read every issue, yeah. cover to cover. I have a digital subscription as we speak. Yeah. I still, you don't, you I don't still kill trees. You have a digital subscription of the magazine? Yeah. Oh. I was like, it's so cheap just to get the, the print copy. Just to, oh, is it? Why? Well, like I mean, is it cheaper? Cents. It's like, it's like so I feel cheap. Like it might be more than forty they're, cents. They're like giving it away. I think she's right. Yeah. Really? Well, it's like so cheap. It's like twenty bucks for the whole year yeah. or something. It's like oh, nothing. Okay. If you subscribe. Okay, that, okay. I thought you meant like on the on newsstands. It would cost me more than forty well, cents to yeah, buy an well, issue. Of a it. subscription. You said you had a digital subscription. I, yeah. I also just I don't know. I like having a digital this subscription. Is, this is not the, the way this store little podcast. <laughs> I'm so is. sorry. I did not I, mean to derail. Not your fault. I'm trying to be a salesperson. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, I love Entertainment Weekly, Dan. I love you on Twitter. Yes. Um, it's great to finally meet you. And uh, you're also a author. Your mm-hmm. new book is called Choose Your Own Disaster. Yeah. Um, available, I assume, on Amazon, like in a week. No, that one. That one came out over the summer. It's like oh. a choose your own adventure memoir, memoir sort yeah. of thing. Sounds great. It gives me plausible deniability for all the terrible things I did in my early twenties. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah, I should. Dana's our youngest guest. Dana's her early twenties. She means like now, like 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 literally right right now. Yeah, she's our youngest guest. Uh, She also chose um, quite a juvenile movie, (laughs) Stuart Little. In my defense, you more assigned it to me. I don't know about assigned. I gave you a list. That's of good the to movies hear. that were available. 
I don't. And I said, here are the available movies. And you said, this is basically the only one that I saw in 99. Well, I was, yeah, I was, I was either five or six in 99. So this was in my, my target. I was the target demo. So right. prob- probably six. This was a December release, right? It was or, December yeah, 17th. Yeah, it would have been six, almost seven, actually. Almost seven. December release. This movie did unbelievably well. It also cost a lot of money. It still made $300 million. And it cost $130 million. Which is crazy. <laughs> that mouse CGI really ate up the budget. I, that, I think it that did. boat race <laughs> with toy boats Can I filled say, in I, a I tub. Loved, I loved that sequence. Did you? <laughs> I, I kind of did. I do love an adorable climax of a movie. Like no <laughs> Where real Where a mouse stakes. is behind a, a, a miniature boat. I mean, I thought it was great. I did not think it was great. <laughs> I did not think this movie was great. Maybe I was in a bad mood. It's like I texted Phil, make sure to watch Paddington so you can see what like, I didn't, <sighs> unfortunately. Like what, that's what, not fair to compare them to because Paddington exists in a post Stuart Little world. Stuart Little walks so that, Paddington that's fair. can run. That's a fair thing. That's a, I, I, can't, I can't dispute that. Yeah, it does ba- take place yeah. in a post <laughs> Paddington world. is only Paddington because it stood on the yeah. shoulders of a of mouse. A great, of a, yeah. Of a, yeah. Um, but this film actually reminded me more of uh, Babe Pig in the City. Well, a, f- a, f- a far superior film as well. I was going to say watch Babe too because Babe is also the good version of this. But yeah, I, it, weird it, that I never saw either of those, but I did see Stuart so Little weird. as a child. Well, let's date well, it. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about you. You, my favorite. Your favorite. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm the expert. Where uh, Where were you in '99? Uh, the Chicago suburb of Highland Park, Illinois. You're kidding. My wife is from Chicago, and her. Four siblings still live there. Really? One lives in Winneka. My three siblings live there. Oh, look so, at that. Yeah. Yeah. Did your wife, is your wife also 26? Do I know her? No. I'm not going to say how old she is. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> but she was on the podcast, I think, she a couple was. weeks ago. And I think yeah. we did say that she's older than I am. We did. Yes. Which I didn't know. You didn't know? Well, I didn't does, know She that. doesn't look older than me. She does not look older than you. But no. also just, I didn't know that about your marriage. Well, pretty good. Um, so you're, you're in Highland Park. I would have been in first grade. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) You were probably like listening to podcasts at that point. Yeah. 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 That's when they took off. All (laughs) technology. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm working. I'm working. I started today on this new thing and I'm working with the two 27 year olds and it's like, it's ridiculous because every, it's, it's a period piece. It takes place in 2004 and everything (laughs) we talk about, it's like, oh yeah, I was getting Netflix DVDs in eighth grade. I'm like. What the fuck? <laughs> You're like I had a phone. Yeah. I had a phone in sixth grade. Like, yeah, that's absurd. I, I had a phone because I was going to bar and bat mitzvahs, and so it's like have a phone just in case. <laughs> that feels you. Yeah. You grew up in a different, <laughs> a different universe. Literally a different millennium. Okay, so oh, wow. So you don't remember a ton of films that you saw in '99. I'm assuming. Well, no, I honestly, I feel like if you named some, like I, I, I do, and I've seen them since. since. Obviously, yes. Um. I mean, you d- we did bring up before we started recording Pokemon 2000. We did. Which Pokemon I, 2000 was the 2000 release. Pokemon, the first movie. I saw both of them in okay. theaters. I was a, I was very excited. And apparently there them. was a repercussion. Well, yeah. Sing? So I, I saw <laughs> both of I'm one of four kids, and we all were very excited about Pokemon. I would wake up like early to watch it before school. And uh, my mom took me to, to see or took all of us to see both of these movies. And apparently they were so miserable. I remember being enthralled, but I imagine sure. from an adult sure. perspective, they were so miserable to that to this day my mom holds it over uh, my head as as leverage whenever I need to do chores that just like, I sat through those movies for you where the only dialogue was just Pika, Pika, Pika. Pika, Pika. 
I, I mean, I haven't seen any you're gonna Pokemon movies. You're going to have to movies. sit through Pokemon the first movie. Why do I, I already... sit through that one? Why can't I just see Pokemon 2000? Because that's a 2000 release. The first movie was 99. But like I s- did it. I, I kind of feel like it came <laughs> out when the millennium was still like an exciting idea. Like I, Pokemon 2000? Yeah. You might be thinking of Fantasia 2000. <laughs> did that come out in 99? Yes, it did. It did. That might be it. We December watched... 31st. That I, I remember watching that in school. In really? elementary school. That you had a real lazy teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I, so, okay. Speaking of lazy, Stuart Little. Yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> so, so other 99 movies that maybe you've seen since that you like, that you have an affinity for, uh, Election or American Beauty, ex- you know, anything on this poster. Big behind. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. I love, I love Tim Burton up until, I think, Big Fish was probably his last it like, feels really like that's, good one. People, he lost people at Planet of the Apes. Big Fish, yeah. that turn seemed to. I do like Big Fish, yeah. and I liked Corpse Bride. I like Corpse really? Bride. Really? Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of an unsung... Sweeney Todd. Uh, yeah. Not so much. Yeah. I don't like that movie, but I feel like there's there are there are some after that that aren't terrible. I am a Dark Shadows apologist. Oh, I didn't. I kind of like Dark Shadows. So there you go. And there you go. I think Big Eyes is. good. Good. I've Whereas never most seen people think Big Eyes is not good. I saw it on a plane, so I feel like you can't judge when you've seen because you're true. sort of in a in a weird state. That's a weird plane movie. Is it? Yeah. It's one of those movies that like I wasn't going to pay to go see. Well, that's fair. If you saw it, I think you it's less think it's less weird. Like really? Burton in general is a weird plane director, but that movie actually has like it's a very procedural movie. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I, it do, does. I, it I am going to watch sort it. Sort of generic. Like from the trailer, you kind of know the whole movie. Yeah. Um, a, yeah. From your logo, I mean, I yeah. love Toy Story two. It's one of the it's one the of best. the only sequels yeah. better than the original. Paddington Agreed. is also one of those contenders. A mm-hmm. and A plus. Um, yeah. I love Talented Mr. Ripley. I just think great performances all around. And Ten Things I Hate About You. We, you know, we got. I think as Kenny and I have discussed, we probably have to do another Ten Things I Hate About You episode because we did one, um, and we brought on a guest, and we, you know. We kind of tore into 10 Things I Hate About You, oh, and, no. and now you we have some... A, you need someone who was a, a girl teenager at the time. I, I think that's the truth. We had one. She wasn't she a teenager. Like yeah, she was. I she's mean, my age, right? No, she's my age. So she was 19. It's not a good movie, but if it hits you at the right time... I think that's... That was my major takeaway. I just recently did a, an interview um, for uh, basically about teen movies in 1999. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about 10 Things I Hate About You and how if it hits you at the right time, it's a seminal movie. Yeah. But it was like too late for me at that point See, for me to be able to watch a movie that feels like an ABC Family TV movie. I remember the cat, uh, that character, yeah. being like the, the first. The Julia Stiles. Yeah, the Julia Stiles character was like the first like mean, angry mm-hmm. girl ca- like I Jaded. ever saw. And yeah. I'm like not a nice person. Um, you have a school. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure I believe that. Uh, but that was, that was very uh, – She's she is. There's a lot of stuff in that movie that's interesting. It just feels a little odd. It's an, it's an odd movie. Oh, I wouldn't say it's like like from a film film perspective. Yes. It's a good movie. I think from like a teen girl perspective, it it hits certain uh, chords. I get that. I, I'm not sure if any that. of these outside of Election, mm-hmm. which is a masterpiece, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Also, oh, also a masterpiece. love Drop Dead Gorgeous. Also Great a masterpiece, movie. but fair, but doesn't really hit me like a teen movie. It doesn't really have the teen movie tropes. So that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Outside of Election and Drop Dead Gorgeous, and I'm kind of talking about the high school set movies, mm-hmm. most of them are not very good, including Cruel Intentions, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, that's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's just the best movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that's kind of what I'm Rushmore. getting at. Yeah. 98. 
but uh, so close. <laughs> though you're not the first one to try to put it, yeah. push it on push this it podcast. <laughs> Many. Um, but yeah, most of these movies aren't like good movies, but if they hit you the right way, like Cruel Punches hit me the right way, for yeah. instance, uh, it's amazing. It's just, it's the right thing. And like, that sounds like maybe 10 things I hate about you is that for you. Yeah. A weird thing is like, that was like a, a movie that I saw growing up and that, that sort of shaped me in a certain way. I didn't see Cruel Intentions until I was in college. And I was like, how did they get away with this? Yeah. Like, how did they do For this? For real though. Like, I, I, we obviously watched it when we did our episode and I, I have to say, I was pretty am shocked that a lot of it. Swear, yeah, how inappropriate absolutely. am I allowed no, to totally. as, um, mo- as inappropriate as you want. My parents don't know what podcasts are. They're definitely yeah, not going to sure. But like, they talk about anal sex. They do. Yeah. That like to me, I was like, "That's crazy in a high school movie." Yeah, yeah. Be- because the entire thing was like almost. It was almost like, like snuck in. Yeah. Like, like really, it was like secreted into the world. I mean, I think we we had yeah. the director on, and we spoke we about this, and it's basically a somewhat expensive indie movie. Yeah. Um, that he just kind of wrote on his own and was like given twelve million dollars to shoot, and spent it all in a few scenes, and everything else took place in like these very contained locations. And he just had no oversight. I will say this is also emblematic, and you know we've talked about this a little bit, but of of the time, which is that you know teen movies were were big business still. You were able to make these sort of mid budget movies. People were willing to take swings. Just more movies were being made, quite frankly, yeah. that could allow for a situation like this. You can allow for a jawbreaker. You can allow for a yeah. cruel intentions. Like it was just sort of it was pre nine eleven. It was pre the business sort of seeing superhero movies as everything. And it was just this really big moment. And I mean, that's why Kenny and I wanted to explore this year. But also just some movies just like, you just couldn't make Cruel Intentions today. I just don't think you could. I always say that about, I mean, it's not 1999, so sorry to bring it up. Like you should, you should be the sorry. Podcast. But, yeah. um, but like Heather's, obviously, sure. post-Columbine, you could never make. Well, that's, and they tried to make a TV show out of it, and it, it, that, was, that was a mistake. I think it was a bad TV show. But I think it was also no just like threading that needles really, really hard. I think hard. it's it's hard because they were trying to be all things to all people. They, they made some weird yeah. decisions with who the Heathers are. Yeah. Yep. So that, it was, we'll I mean, that I, that. I remember being at UTA. You might have even been there at the time. I, I can't remember. But they had been trying to develop Heathers for years, trying to tune that into a television show, trying to do a reboot of it or a remake of it. It just it it's just this weird thing that exists, and we just need to let it exist as that. Thing. Although I do think the musical was is a good. I've not seen the musical. Uh, I haven't seen it because it was never on Broadway. It's off Broadway and now it's in the West End. The you music- don't see anything unless it's on Broadway. I'm assuming. Well, I'm not going to fly to. <laughs> Le- I'm like it's not accessible. To only me, only for Hamilton. Yeah, of right. course. Sure. Uh, but no, I'm I'm not going to fly to London to see it. Yeah. But I'm saying like. <laughs> Yes, I understand. <laughs> you've, you've listened to the, the – I listen to the music. And yes. I'm like, okay, you can take sort of the seed of this like teen mm-hmm. angst weirdness. But I think trying to make it modern, if it's not set in the 80s, it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean I, I also – I was talking to a friend um, about this yesterday or the day before about the fact that the sort of the teen movie genre is for all intents and purposes pretty dead right now. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing a lot of teen movies getting made at all. And if they are, they're probably on Netflix or something to that effect. Yeah, like um, The Kissing Booth. Like The Kissing Oof. Booth. Which, which I didn't see. Is it no good? Oh my god! It was like. But all the boys is pretty good. And the, all the boys is great. Yeah. Kissing Booth is. I'm so sorry. Like no, no, know, yeah. But like, oh my god, unwatchable. <laughs> and also the the girl. There's like three. I only got halfway through before I had to shut it down. And there's only there's three distinct moments where the the teenage protagonist, female protagonist, is either undressed, her skirt is too short, or she is stripped. Like That's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. so like, weird. Like, did you, you see it? I have not seen Hollywood. 
I know. You, you, no, I mean, you have like Hollywood, yeah. like, you know, all the major studios. Yeah. And you have like Netflix TV. And then Netflix makes these 80 movies that exist in like <laughs> 2003. Yeah. They just throw them but at the wall. But who are they for? They're for I don't. I don't know the answer to that, but I. I do think that they literally they're movies that that came out in like 2003. Some were direct to video, some were, you know, in the theaters, sure. and like they just no one acknowledges them. They're like they don't exist. Like everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not talking about Roma. Obviously, I'm yeah. talking about like like the best in genres. Like set it up. I I couldn't believe how many movies Netflix made last year when 80, someone right? made a list, and I was like. I've heard of none of these. You know, they I've have, heard of three of them. They have a new movie coming out that's about the cops that caught Bonnie and Clyde, and I feel like it's just for dads. They're like, dads don't have enough <laughs> that's movies. That's the yes. section, yeah. just for dads. Yeah. 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 But oh, I, I know. When you said I'm like, ah, oh, sounds pretty good. <laughs> but what I was going to say was that what we're left with right now is that there's basically movies that are made for, I don't know, under $20 million or movies that are made for over $150 million. And there is nothing in between that. So. Well, Stuart Little, I Stuart know, Little, I know you're 133. Place. I know. I was like, I know you were kind of what point you're making, but Stuart Little falls in the latter category. It does. I mean, Stuart Little is, and we, you know, we should probably talk about this movie. Uh, I, I do think that this movie, I was watching it and I was thinking about, um, I, I thought about Babe too, and I also thought about there was and Ratatouille. Like I thought about better versions of this movie, but I also could see a five year old Dana Schwartz, for instance finding this movie very enjoyable. Like, it's just, I think it's just too young for me to totally connect with it. I didn't, I do remember seeing this movie and it wasn't one of my favorites. Because when I was a kid and I watched movies, I watched them on repeat over and over. Like Tarzan, I feel like I watched every day for like, and Stuart Little, I think, to be honest, the mix of animation and live action I found off-putting as a child. I also think Mm -hmm. that this... Like, I didn't see Babe... Like I, I had no interest in seeing Babe. I don't. I didn't like that dynamic as a child. It is a weird dynamic. I, I would also say that it's not well suited for this movie either. Has it ever worked? And I don't. I'm not talking Paddington. about like that's that's true. It that's it does true. work in Paddington. That's true in modern. That's right. I mean, Christopher uh, Robin. I was. I didn't see the movie. I didn't see. Though I would. <laughs> Uh, I know. I've seen every. I've seen the literally stink faces that both. I've of seen you know every that kids movie. movie that's come out in the theaters in the last like five years. But yeah. my wife took them to Christopher Robin. So I, <laughs> uh, Paddington's a very good good answer. Um, I'm ta- kind of talking about before CG became like perfect. Who killed? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Is not CG, but that's that's a mixing of the two, and, a hybrid. And Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins or Spring. Space Jam, which I love. Space loved. Jam, because Chicago. It was like I'm from. I was like the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was very exciting. Cool world, of course. Cool world. Everyone's favorite. Run, Lola, run. Sure. Not really. Not really. Um, I mean, but like but Space Jam. Thing. Space Jam is like a classic in the way that Stuart Little is not. I mean, I would say too on the Babe of it all because I do think that <laughs> that that is. A, a, a good allegory. Like, it just, to me, that movie feels whimsical in a way and a fairy tale in a way that this doesn't. And I can't really pin, like, so I did a little bit of research on the book. Did Have either of you read the book? I did enough to know what they changed. I had a Significant it. change, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? I, I, I remember having the book but never reading it. In the book, the mother delivers <gasps> Stuart Little. No. Kind of. I mean, she they sort of like it's they kind of yada yada. Is. Yes, it's it's strongly <laughs> insinuated that this is a naturally born mouse. No, that's wh- I'm glad they changed that. That's are bad. you though? Because that, I kind that's of how wish. I feel. <laughs> I feel like they should have kept it. Fucking go Although, for it. Although that was the movie. Do you know the movie Thumbelina? 
Yes. I mean, that's... But that's animated, isn't it? But but it's still a grown woman delivering a a Thumbelina fairy. But in an animated thing, you'd buy it. If Gina Davis (laughs) delivers this fucking mouse... First of all, it's disgusting. (laughs) God, I'm not not saying it's not. How dare you? I'm not sullying her name. I'm just saying that archers. Imagine that the conversations kids and parents would have had to have after that. I mean, it's crazy. I'm going to I'm going to make one point. It's it's okay. actually see this is why I would have preferred if she gave birth to the mouse. It's mo- <laughs> it is more disturbing yeah. that this couple went to an orphanage. <laughs> I agree. Saw 50 human orphans like, and were like we Give want me this the one. <laughs> they have like a, a human-sized bed set up for an orphan. They have <laughs> like the crazy. resources for they're, a child. Their 9-year-old <laughs> child is like bring me a brother. Yeah. They brought him a pet mouse. mouse. Even dicks. if the kid asked for a dog and he brought him a pet mouse, you'd be like, yeah. oh. I know. It's it's the worst possible pet. And on top of that, I mean Stuart it's, has absolutely no personality. Not to be rude, but they, I feel like they could have adopted Stuart and a child. I like that you said, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> Who would that be You're offensive to? Gina Davis. How would be her name? Rod yeah. Minkoff. I, I mean, yeah. I I just found myself watching this movie feeling crazy. Like, yeah. I was like, why are you people not thinking this is weird? Why is George... The only one who's questioning this decision up front. What is, why is this? Yeah, and, and why is it incumbent upon George <laughs> to, be like, to be cool with this decision? Like, he's the little brat <laughs> because he's not happy about the rat? Like, I mean, the mouse, excuse me. <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> Sorry. I, we don't also explain, like, why this mouse has, like, this mouse has human no. characteristics in this universe where animals don't. Well, or, or any of the the, the, the anthropomorphization it's annoying. that happens is just people are way too cool with it. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, like Paddington, it sort of is that fairy tale world where it's mm-hmm. like he's a bear, but other bear, his his uncle and aunt bear also talk. They learned English. There's like a but he's a bear. I've not seen Paddington, but I'm assuming that this is a bear that they that they rescue from somewhere. Sort of, but yeah. they they explain how this tribe of bears learned English. Okay. Like they don't. Stewart ex- is not explained at all. I mean, if he was half human, born vaginally, that would have explained it. <laughs> would it? Yeah. I mean, it would. I, it might beg more questions, <laughs> but I. But yeah, sure. Just the human is a recessive gene, right? <laughs> Every human thing is recessive. Yeah. So it's like there's but, no logic. It, the logic. No. Like, the logic. It, it, there's none. It infuriates me. I know this is so stupid. It's Stuart Little, and it's not for people like grown-up people. But like, why are these cats? Yeah. Not also talking to the people. Yeah, that was a that was a thing that only Dana's adult brain realized. Where I was like, <laughs> the mouse can talk to humans and and cats. Right. Yeah. What? So these yeah. cats are just living like pets when they're every bit as intelligent as this mouse. Also, like the whole plot is these this group of cats, five cats are trying to kill one mouse. This is like this is like not even a snack. <laughs> Well, okay. Yes, well, that's it's true. It's a matter of pride, I think. It's not so yeah. much for the food. They're well fed. It's a matter of pride. Yeah. I think He's it's just that no them. one questions this situation. Like, and I understand it's heightened. And I do think that they 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 set the stage pretty early on for a for a heightened, silly movie. But they but a mouse just is sitting next to them reading Little Women, which I mean is crazy in its own right. So pretentious. It <laughs> and. He just starts talking, and they don't seem all that surprised. They're just like, yeah, yeah, no, there's this this little mouse, and he knows how to read. He's got his own little books. How old do we think Stuart is when he's adopted? 
He's a teenager. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, they have a gross, this should have been like, we need to talk about Kevin. They should have had like a God, I want to see that creepy movie. masturbating. That's- <laughs> he's a teenage mouse. That's he is the, a teenage mouse. Thing about also, teenager. Mouse. <laughs> better movie. Oh, well, yeah. It is a better movie. <laughs> the other thing is he, he he's a perfect mouse. Right, he yeah. literally doesn't do one thing wrong the yeah. entire. He's a so baby. he's so annoying. He's a he's, yeah. he's a also, bit of a kiss ass. In the also Piece of shit, in I the, hate. <laughs> if I was at the orphanage and this stupid mouse was always like reading and being like, I would also fucking hate him. Like, how was he not beaten up by the orphans? <laughs> Stepped on constantly. Him. Yeah, he should have. He he. Robbed one of them of a home. Why, do, why does this New York City orphanage devote a resource to a mouse? Because he could speak. I understand that. Yeah, Bleeding heart liberals. <laughs> well, you no, know, he's, he's a special mouse. But like, you know, the logic of this is: if there's a mouse that can communicate with humans and also communicate with otherwise silent animals, this movie should have been like he's the link. It should have been yeah. like a Doctor Doolittle. He's Jesus, yeah. he should have been I like mean, a pet should, psychic. He's like the missing link. No, like he yeah. could. He should go into business, like. Being Dr. Doolittle. So this is my big theory. He can theory. talk to your pets. This is my big theory about <laughs> Stuart Little, and it's like a tr- it's, 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 oh. it's it's bearing itself out right now. Yeah. This movie could be remade and be kind of good. It's being remade. Really? Oh, I'm sure it'll be kind of bad. Is it Who's being remade? written by M. Night Shyamalan? Which, uh, we need to talk about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, they, quite a year. It's, it's at Sony. They're talking about it. If who, it's who not, is. it's at Sony. That's great news, because this should absolutely be a Lord of Miller movie. Oh, so funny. That's yeah. Lord and Miller are the ones who could like do the things we're talking about. Like, yep. like call it what it is, you know, call how stupid it is, <laughs> make Stuart the villain, yeah. make him a little prick, but like not change anything else about him. Yeah. It could be, it could actually be a lot of fun. I agree. But it's probably not going to be a Lord and Miller movie. It'll probably be like a very sweet, lame. I don't know because I do feel like, why do you reboot this if you're not going to do something interesting because with it? Paddington but- was a hit. But there's also not Paddington. I think they're going to say that that was a sweet that like it shined because it wasn't edgy. It was like so sweet and genuine. Right. Yeah. So they're going to be like, let's try to make yeah. a sweet and genuine movie. So I'm saying, yeah. I mean, it's possible. I really don't know. They haven't really talked about the remake very much. But let me just give the synopsis very very quickly about uh, about Stuart Little. Uh, when the Littles go to an orphanage Stuart. to adopt a new family Stuart. member, a charming young mouse named Stuart is chosen. While George is initially unwelcoming to his new brother, the family cat Snowbell. Snowbell, by the way, not a word. Snowball? Sure. Hey, Snowbell? Bro. Not a thing. Weird. Yeah, anyway, what is stupid. Is even going. less enthusiastic about having a mouse as his quote-unquote master That's and plots to get rid of him. the only Night Shyamalan twist. This was Snowbell all along. <laughs> <laughs> Against these difficulties, Stuart resolves to face them. Uh, with as much pluck, love, and courage as he can muster. In doing so, he shows his beloved new family that great things truly can come in small packages. As, Stuart- if, as if they questioned that. Well, no, clearly not. Uh, <laughs> Stuart Little opened on December 17th, 1999 in first place with $15 million against Bicentennial Man and Anne and the King. It's a doozy of a weekend. Jeez Louise. There's three stinkers. The three of the worst movies we've done. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would go on to make $300 million on a $133 million budget. Stuart Little has 67% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and 41% from audiences. Um, that's, that's a very damning thing. Yeah. Yeah. In general, I think like the the movies with that, that are the opposite, Mm -hmm. that are low critic scores and high audience scores we've seen are actually great movies. Jennifer's Body. 
is a low critic. You know, I'm not sure actually, but I feel like now, now people like it, but critics didn't like it. I agree. At the time, Jennifer's body was, had the shit kicked out of it because it was, you know, but now I actually, I should rewatch the movie. I love that movie. I really like it. We did three movies in, in a day. We did. All were low critic scores, high High audience audience scores, and all were good movies. It was Girl Interrupted, 200 Cigarettes, The Wood. Mm -hmm. Oh, so they all yeah they're yeah. all good movies yep. and I think this is the exact opposite. I don't think critics really knew how to deal with this movie because it's nowhere. I think they were impressed by the effect. They no, this Maybe. was nominated for like a Oscar for special effects. I was I good at think the time. they looked pretty sure. good. Like I wasn't the so, close ups look good. This wasn't the that like so uh, it was good. I thought it was good for nineteen ninety nine. This was, this didn't have that uncanny valley thing for me. That's true. A lot of shitty green screen though. I was surprised by like <clears throat> that stuff didn't work so well for me. But Stewart himself, other than having the halo effect from time to time of just the the blurriness, for the most part, I thought Stewart looked good, especially in the close-ups when he's driving his little car. His little red car. His little red car. Um, Kenny is just like a little fuck red that convertible. Car. I like. <laughs> what do you think? Wait, it should have been so a hard top. No, wait, wait, I how did like... he get his license? It's, does he have a light? Does he have yeah, a driver's license? A very little license. <laughs> does he know? Are you just. <laughs> Wait, are you, you, what are you gonna, yeah, car. It's a fucking tiny car. What's he gonna do? I just want to point out because I was confused. <laughs> it's not gonna hurt anyone. <laughs> I was just confused because I was like, oh, is it a teenage mouse? I don't know. I wanted to read you guys mm. know the book. So I was reading the Wikipedia for the book. Yeah. And the book it implies that he's a human. Because the book plot reads When Stuart is born to an ordinary family in New York City, he's normal in every way. Except he's just over two inches tall and looks like a mouse. So he's not actually a mouse? I'm just, that's the sentence, that he's two inches tall and looks like a mouse. So he's a tiny human who looks like a mouse? You know, that's the Hello Kitty thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, she's not a kitty. She has a cat. She's not a kitty. She's a human. Yeah. That's fucking weird. I think it's kind of (laughs) cool. It's a Hello Kitty thing. She's. she's Are we really supposed to? So in the book. It seems as though there's an interpretation yeah. where he's a human. There is no such thing in this movie. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You know what? Jonathan Lipnicki, still adorable, always yeah. says he looks like a mouse. And now tattooed up. Yeah, now he's a he's less adorable. I think he has adorable. like a Jewish star he's tattoo. Totally though. ripped, yeah. right? Yeah. Him and uh, what's his face from episode one? What's his name? That guy, that oh, Jake Lloyd. Jake, Jake Lloyd. Lloyd. So his well. life. Both those, fans both those kids kind of went on the skids. But I. I think it's interesting that George is kind of the only one who's smart in this movie. <laughs> well, that's a kids' movie standard, right? That it's the kids true. are yeah, the adults true. are dumb, and they're like, "We brought home a mouse," and the kid has to be like, "That's fucking ridiculous." <laughs> Who is um... until he gets on board at a certain point? He's like, "Yeah, my brother's a mouse. Fucking deal with this." <laughs> this, is such a, like, this, is, this truly is like a like a like a. He should get bullied at school if a kid in school is like, "My brother's a mouse." Yeah, yeah, pa- would... pants that loose. <laughs> Uh, like, he thinks his pet mouse is his brother. <laughs> this movie, all right, so this movie is a, a truly incompetent movie. <laughs> who is who is the protagonist of this movie? Stuart. It's no, Stuart. Max. It's Max. Who's Max? Max. <laughs> George. George. Sorry. You think it's? I don't. I think it's Stuart. I think it's. I think it's Stuart. I think it's really confusing because I think it. I think it. It fails to give it's you a, a POV it's a character. Yeah. I think it would work better if it was the brother because that's when you would be. relate to, yeah. right? That yeah. your parents, because you don't. It's sort of a metaphor for when your parents bring home a little sibling and you're like, oh, it's a little. It's getting attention. It's but weird. the movie's going to inevitably. I agree with you that like the entry point is strange, but in my mind, inevitably, if you make this movie about about um, George, right? And his brother's a mouse. 
everyone's going to be like, the mouse should probably, he's a, he's a human little mouse situation. Like, I just, I don't think there's a way for a movie called Stuart Little about Stuart Little to not be, to have him not be the protagonist. There is. There oh. is. I think the mouse, right. this mouse is such a boring character. He doesn't go through a, a journey. You, you haven't. He seen, doesn't go through a I journey. assume you haven't seen The Boss Baby. You're right. I have not. It's have about the, the. I have not, but it's about the brother. It's about, the brother. It's about a baby that's a boss. Well, what Beetlejuice. About, no, it's about the brother. Beetlejuice isn't the protagonist of Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's. Adam yeah, but that's Maitland. a rare. That's a rare. That's a rare. No, thing. you name it after like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Willy yeah. Wonka isn't the main character. Sometimes a movie gets a named point, after yeah the, the most the, exciting most thing. exciting thing or yeah I mean Boss Fair. Ba- Boss Baby is a good example because it really is completely from the brother's point of view. It's this exact movie done much better. Um, he has a, he wants a little brother. He gets the shittiest fucking version of a little brother and he has to kind of deal with it. Yeah. That's a, that's good. Cause kids movies are meant to sort of teach like yep. a, a fundamental life lesson. And one of the life lessons is like, sometimes you don't have the attention on you and you get a little sibling and you have to deal with that. I also would argue that I would be more interested in this movie if it was about like two orphans or two kids on the street. Like if it was about Stuart and this, and George, for instance, and it's about them at the orphanage. Like Oliver Twist. Like Oliver Twist. Exactly. Hmm. Because part of the problem is the family is just not interesting. The family dynamic has really no stakes involved in it for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So if you make it more like Oliver Twist or or even like Pinocchio when he's on the street with uh, like that kind even, of element. Even the animated – have you ever seen the animated um, Oliver and Company? Sure. Sure, yeah. Because that sad – kitten in a box at the beginning is heartbreaking yeah. mm-hmm. where, and if that's how you meet Stuart, you immediately care about where Stuart is like reading yeah. his fucking book at the orphanage like he seems fine he seems like a brat weirdly <laughs> like all right so i i weirdly respect the way eby white did it and just gave us some absurd like situation yeah, it's a swing it's a choice i don't <laughs> love this like halfway thing where they give us like half of an origin story i think it i think that this kind of character kind of should have an origin story yeah. i think we should they just skip right a over. A curse, it. like born to a human woman from a there curse. There you go. Almost to me, it's just like, what are we going to do with this little thing? <laughs> like this. How do very we, good question. Or, how do we or like this? you ratatouille it, where it's like he's in the mouse community, but he's the smart one who's elevated a bit and wants things that the other mice don't. Yeah. And All so he is, yeah. he's forced to go be with the humans because they can give him the thing that the other mice can't. Yeah. So the director of this film directed The Lion King. A, a much better film. When he a much was, better when film. He was very young. He was very young. Yes. But this movie to me, it all works if it's animated, truly. Because I think that a lot of the issues we have have to do more with this culture clash or the clash of the real world and the CG animal I world. I think you're right. I think if the whole thing's animated, I think, first of all, he's more in his lane. This director, I think, just works better in animation. It's hard to say. But I mean, it's. It's shocking because, like, I mean, the Lion King is the Lion King, and it also, if you look at the Lion King, there's a lot of leaps that work because it's animated. We're we're that's going to be put to the test this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm. We'll see. Because I do have concerns. I have reservations about about this live action I, version. I do think that it is weird to me when people call it live action. I'm like, it's, it's all just CG. It's just better. Yeah. CG. Totally fair. Um, but I wasn't trying to. Right. I was making a general point because we're mm-hmm. all referring to it as that. But. Mm-hmm. I think the main problem with the li- the difference with the Lion King is like that's a movie with like life and death and stakes and yes. and like the stakes of this movie are a boat race. I mean, they try to get some stakes at the end, you know, but when like they barely. When, I I'm not defending yeah. it. I'm merely saying that the the goal it seemed anyway 
was it's it's at night it's supposed to be kind of edgy it's supposed to have this kind of like almost mobster vibe like these <laughs> alley cats are, yeah. are supposed to have this like Chaz Palminteri is one like, of the voices I know I like not to be like a baby it's a it's like a little culturally insensitive <laughs> it just yeah just, just a little yeah. well, it is just something about that that just like rubbed me the exact wrong way you're you're that these the the these kind of street cats are all Italian yeah. mob <laughs> except for Steve Zahn. Yeah, he's, he's just it's our second dope. Steve Mont. This is our, st- our second Steve yeah. Zahn. I, 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 there is something strange about that for sure. Although I will say, kind of thought it was inspired casting to have Bruno Kirby and Jennifer Tilly as the voices of the of the fake parents. Yeah, because when they showed up, I was like, yeah, that is not a trustworthy couple. Isn't Nathan Lane also? <laughs> yes, he's Snowbell. Well, he's Snowbell, but isn't he also in the the other Mouse movie where he's Mouse the, Hunt? Mouse Hunt. Yeah. He's but just as a human. I know, yes. but like they just he kept being in mouse movies. <laughs> Getting typecast yeah. in mouse films. When those Bruno Kirby and Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly mice came, <laughs> I, go, I go, oh my God, it's losing Isaiah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I wish it was. That's a, yo, that's not a movie that you want to rap. <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? I'm not writing for that movie, but I wish that this movie had tried to do things that that movie it was trying kind to do. Of does it kind of is like on but then some, it ditches it thank god because because <laughs> it's on it is on some like there's nowhere better than hanging with the rich white family yeah, yeah. you know I, I mean, and like there's nowhere worse with the poor mouse family yeah they do yeah. make some class oh, i didn't like that there's You're some right. some, some shitty it, class distinctions and, and they and sure. they like sweep it away by you know having those people ultimately be like charlatans and working for them some cat mob. Eat the fucking it, Bruno Kirby and Jennifer Tilly. It's very Tilly. Annie is what it is. Annie's like that that's too. That's what yeah. it is. Where yeah, it's it's but, the fake parents coming and the fake parents are cons and it's the rich white people all along. Because poor people are always conning rich yeah. rich people. That's the way of the world, right? And I, yeah, it's it's the, I watched it as an adult and I'm like, oh, they just annied. Yeah, they annied us. They definitely did that. I mean, there, yeah, there's, I mean, there are no minorities in this movie this is the least diverse movie well they have a, a british person as an american that was their that was their diversity <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. um so roger ebert's review of this film was pretty on point i thought well, how many stars he gave it two give stars it? he said once i read the, the book by E.B. white two stars on which the story is the story is founded the peculiar thing about the book is that stewart in the imagination of the reader swells until he occupies as much physics space psychic space that is as any of the other characters he is a mouse, but his dialogue runs from margin to margin like the words of the humans, and his needs and fears are great. Our intelligence tells us Stuart is a mouse, but our imagination makes us makes him into a full-size literary character. In the book, Stuart works as fine as a character, but the movies are unforgivably literate medium. And the fact is, no live-action movie about Stuart Little can possibly work because he's so much smaller than everyone else. Stuart is definitely a mouse. He is very, very small. There is something pathetic about a scene where his new parents tuck him in at bedtime. I'm trying to imagine a movie that would deal seriously and curiously with an intelligent and polite child who looks like a mouse. Such a movie would have to be co-directed by Tim Burton or David Lynch. Yeah. And I do think that, I mean, that's what we're kind of circling, which is you either wrap your arms around the true strangeness of this. <laughs> Existential or, horror. Yeah. Or you just do, I, I just. You know who did it? Mm. Spike Jones, Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. I was just rewatching that the other night. They're, like, he yeah. was not afraid of what that book really was. And completely made a world that made sense cinematically. For when sure. that basic, I mean, I read that book 
50 times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, there's no story and yeah. it is unfilmable. It's only a feeling. Yeah. Where the Wild yeah. Things Are is just a feeling. I agree. And you, he managed to get that on screen. That's really great. That's a really great review. Although he makes a good point, though, about Hubert's the size. It is hard to make a movie where one of the main characters is, you know, four inches tall. Yeah. And also you have humans. You're yeah. like, because how do you visual, film is a visual medium. It's, and it's like it's like uh, Jack and the Giant Killer when they tried to do that. Like when you try, or the BFG for that matter, too. Mm-hmm. Really big things or really little things just don't work. Even Transformers. Think about like the size. It's like the yeah. size of a car and then a car that's big, but that's still like human proportions. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Totally. It's not mouse to, to human proportions. Like imagine imagine if Transformers were as big to us as if we were mice to them. There there must as be as big a, to us. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah, if we yeah, were yeah, if yeah, we were mice yeah. to Transformers, yeah. it would just wouldn't work. It's weird that these these beloved books you're talking about yeah. that seem like they would transfer yep. have not. And I think you guys are nailing it. I think you and Ebert and everyone are nailing it. But I also would say that I think there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. You just have to be one of the best people who have ever made movies. Well, I think you have to lean in. Slow <laughs> <laughs> bar. Yeah. But you have to lean into the weird darkness of this. I yes. f- fully agree. Um, I also want to read a review from a uh, publication that I that we have not talked about yet that I didn't know existed called called Jesus Freak Hideout. Now, they said... That from start to finish, Stuart Little is in your flawless family film. I'm sorry, who? Uh, Jesus Freak Hideout. Well, okay. can't argue with Yeah, that. well, they, they think so. I just, <laughs> I just... I love that there's a publication called that. And, and that they, they really and, love and Stuart Little. Little. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's fantastic. Do you, wait, when they're Jesus... Do you think they, they're pro-Jesus? It's a I would imagine they're Well, probably. there's nothing questionable about this movie. There's no, <laughs> That's like, probably why they think this yeah, film is flawless. Yeah, because well, it's... It's, it's, like it's satanic. It's a very wholesome movie. He's not given... He do, doesn't uh, emerge from a, a woman. He's not like a... Yeah, Jesus Freak Ida would not be game yeah. for that version of this. No. But they really loved it. So I want to read a little bit from this Entertainment Weekly um, article, which I think really kind of. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Explains, I think, why the book works and why maybe the movie doesn't. Um, the woman actually gives birth to Stuart Little, uh, which development is not totally dealt with in a seamy detail, but simply presented as one of life's vagaries. From that jumping off point, White follows his hero on a series of deadpan adventures, including the establishment of a semi-diplomatic relationship with the family cat, courtship of a transient bird, and eventual setting off towards parts unknown. 
What has always stuck with me most about the book is its clear-eyed knowledge of the dangerous largeness of the world and how simply navigating it is an act of unremarkable, sorry, unremarked upon nobility. If you know the book, though, you know that White's odd, wise tone has been jettisoned in favor of good feel caution. Good feel good caution. Not sharing the author's claim, calm faith in the unexplainable. The movie makes sure we understand that Stewart is adopted by the little family. It sounds like a minor change, but it reflects the studio's market-tested lack of faith in childish imagination. Yeah, also this is not a whimsical movie. It's not whimsical at all. Uh, also gone is the eerie, effinescent character of Margolo the bird. Instead, is a big old plot where Snowball tries to get Stewart knocked off. Hollywood has built an industry upon heroes in explicit peril, but somehow E.B. White's take on things in which death is the constant background hum against we, which we live still strikes me as more powerful. So I think that ultimately, this just might be an unfilmable book, at least in live action. Well, it's kind of, again, I haven't read the book, but it sounds almost like The Wind in the Willows. Did you ever read that no. book? I never read that book. Where it's like, there's not much plot, but it's like, it's, it's a tone. Yeah. And the characters are like, there's this subtle current of like antagonism and like hmm. rudeness among these like very polite characters that's just just below the surface and it's sort of off putting hmm. in this like otherwise idyllic, uh, you know, it's like Mr. Badger and Mr. Whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but it's the same sort of like strange fairy tale world that I think it's it's difficult for for a studio to make into like. A $130 million family film. But makes for great books that you that parents read to their kids. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff? Yeah. Know. Like All The true. Velveteen Rabbit would be a weird movie. All it true. Peter Rabbit, they tried to do that. This, But Peter Rabbit, they made into like a wisecrack. Yeah. Yeah. James Corden. <laughs> everyone's favorite. <laughs> Peter Rabbit's another example of this. This movie still made fucking $300 million. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Rabbit. Yeah. Like, my kids love Peter Rabbit. So like not the, the movie? Not the, the good bo- Peter Rabbit. The movie. So well, like, it seemed fun. Rose Byrne is nice. It's who is that? Who is the guy in it? Donald Gleason. That's it. it's much better than I think it should be. I, Peter Rabbit, and I mean that it's like much worse than a Peter Rabbit movie could be. But it's, I'm sorry, it's much worse than a Peter Rabbit movie could be. Uh-huh. But it's better than it looks. Rose Byrne is a, I think, a, I like an Rose underrated Byrne. comedic and actress. Donald Gleason, yeah, also is great, really charming in this, and he plays the villain, and like. He plays him with humanity and dignity. It's really He's kind like of... my top five celebrity crushes. Really? Yeah. Wait, now we need to hear all five. Like Jason Isaacs is Whoa. like number one. Wait, maybe. wait. Jason Isaacs. Jason you... Isaacs is number one on your list? Maybe. I was just re-watching the OA because I have to get ready. Wait, for... is Jason Isaacs the dude? I'm really into that, yeah. Wait, is Jason Isaacs the that dude? That is not what I was expecting. Wait, hold no, on. Yeah, number Jason two, Isaacs number is two, the guy I'm from... I'm going to go Bill Hader. <laughs> this is... Oh, a Jay- strange list. Jason Isaacs is not who I thought you were This is a very interesting list. What are the other two? Um, Bill Hader's on the list? Bill Hader's number, number two on the two. list. Bill you got, Hader's you got a good two. list. Yeah. yeah I, I'm not saying it's a bad list. It's just it's not a list I expected. Jason Isaacs being number one with a bullet is not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very, like, sexy man. He is a v- – I am – I'm with you. He was okay. on one – he was on an episode of Entourage. Yeah. Where he, like, tried to seduce Kenny Vince. wrote on Entourage. And he really? is – very impressed, right? Uh, and oh, yeah. He, and he, he, yeah, he was trying to seduce Vince. And like, I swear to God, like in, in the moment, we're like, why would Vince say no? Yeah. <laughs> like, what exactly is happening? All right. I, just, I, I, I have get, nothing against Jason Isaacs. It's just, that's just he's, he's a, I mean, clearly not just like seen him in a thing recently. So you got, you got Jason Isaacs, uh, Bill Hader. Donald, Donald Gleason. He's number three. He's number three. Okay. And then four um, and five. It's just Like Martin McDonough. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And uh, uh, okay. And the the handsome, the handsome, 
the the handsome British guy with the big uh, Tom Hardy. Okay. Yeah, like okay. you need that, like a beefcake in there. Need a, Martin, yeah. Martin, Martin McDonough is an interesting choice. Martin McDonough is really handsome. He's, he's handsome. and he's he's so handsome for how smart he is. Strikingly, well, they're they're, they're a great dating, couple. He's, he's dating yeah, uh, Baby Waller-Bridge. So that's it. I'm just like jealous of them. Yeah, sure. I'm, yeah, I, I want just, like super brilliant them, and, yeah. and attractive. And, yeah, when you said Jason Isaacs, I thought you were talking about Jason Clark. Who's yeah, different, different. Number one on my wife's list. Interesting, really? which is crazy. Although I've inter- I interviewed him for the movie <clears throat> Serenity, and he's he's a lovely man. <laughs> is he? Yeah, I need lovely. to see Serenity. Is he charming. He's he's not American. He's Australian. Right? Yes, he's not he was American. in the uh, Mary Kate Nashley movie Our Lips Are Sealed, which I saw. I owned on VHS. <laughs> did you tell him that? <laughs> yeah, yeah I a, bet you did. He's the villain in that movie. He's. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to um, Blank Check's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by any chance. No, but they talk about Jason Clark Did and they, how he's, he's in that movie. He's like, no, he just comes up on a tangent because oh. they talk about how like he's the most like cuckolded man in Hollywood. It always feels like he's being cheated on by somebody else. Yeah, maybe that's what Laura likes. He's being cheated on <laughs> in Serenity. Yes, Don't no, give no, anything that's... away. I've avoided all spoilers for that movie. The, the, oh, no. The fucking – that doesn't that... – All I know is that everyone's like, it's bad shit instead. I'm like, I need it. The, the twist so is bad. crazy. As soon as I have two it's hours – It's worse than you think. It doesn't make – it makes – you Great. will – I, I, I'm obviously not going to ruin it. I but I will say it. I may you love will it. hate it. I may love it. You will hate it. No, you're going to – You will hate it because it's it's illogical. I like Planet of the Apes. <laughs> But Planet of, the Apes, Planet of the Apes is a famously good twist. Oh, That's li- not the same. I like bad Planet of the Apes. Wait, you like Burton's Planet yeah, of the Apes? That's crazy. I do. I like Burton. You're the Planet only the soul Apes. I've ever met. No, I've like <laughs> No, Serenity is not a good movie. They shit on Planet of the Apes every episode of the fucking Blink Check, and I'm like, you know, I... Mm-hmm. Serenity is not a well like Tim Burton is like a good talented director though like this is not a good movie at all can't wait to see it <laughs> I, I'm I, yeah I'm, I'm excited for you to see it I love I'm excited for you to see it I love can I come back on the podcast absolutely. just so we can talk about dumb, that absolutely I love dumb crazy batshit twists but it's it's it thinks it's smart so it's here's the here, this is my um. this is why I like Planet of the Apes and I think you, you may understand why I'm excited for Serenity um, I have talked myself into Planet of the Apes making perfect sense. I've connected all the dots. And I'm like, oh, I think I get what they're trying to do with this movie. And everyone else is like, that's not what they're trying to do with that movie. They didn't know what they're doing. It's a total mess. I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay. It's but the, all there. the thing with Serenity, though, is you just know that like the writer was so smug. Like he thinks he's being so smart. And it's not a smart twist. I can't wait to watch this movie. It's, yeah, no. I can't wait for you to watch it too because I'm excited to talk about it with you. Great. Um, <laughs> don't talk about it until I'm here. Yeah, no, we will. We'll, we'll do a bonus. Why not? I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm Serenity game. bonus. We got just a bonus on Serenity. Why yeah, not? I'm right? down. Yeah. Can we bring up the Stuart Little lost painting? Did you yes, read that in the that's Wikipedia? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Best that's, part of the movie. That's the best part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, in 2009, uh, I don't even know how to, Gurgly. Barky, I guess is I don't I don't know how you pronounce this man's name. An art researcher at Hungary's National Gallery was watching the film <laughs> with his daughter and saw a painting on the wall in the background of the little family's apartment. He recognized it as the long lost work "Sleeping Lady with Black Vase" by Robert Bereni, uh, who he'd only seen the painting in black and white. Anyway, he hunted down the painting, he found it, he purchased it for five hundred dollars, sold it to the no, American that, owner. Yeah, like a yeah. set designer bought it like a garage sale or yeah. something, right? So he bought the painting from the oh, from them, oh, not so telling them how much it was worth. Bought it for five hundred bucks and then sold it for one hundred thirty thousand dollars. My yeah. Wikipedia best... says that uh, oh, that in twenty fourteen the owner sold it for oh, yeah, two hundred twenty nine thousand okay. yes. pounds. 
Gee, okay, so wow, so, even more. That it, I think the Stuart Little mythology fantastic. has that's like fantastic. tripled yeah. its worth. It's its worth. <laughs> but it's just like it's crazy to me that this guy, like, essentially scammed the studio. Well, that's not a scam. They, yeah, that's it what, is. That's, but that's what historic like people go to garage sales to do this. His garage sale was just right. watching Stuart Little antiques. Ro- Antique Roadshow was built on this. Well, did you know that in um, uh, the Wizard of Oz? They were like thrifting for their costumes for the film, and they got an old overcoat for like the 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 psychic to wear. What you know at the beginning, and yeah. then they checked the inside, and that coat belonged to Al Frank Baum, who wrote The Wizard of Oz. That's weird. That's a hundred percent accurate. He doesn't. I know you don't believe it, it but I believe it's you. real. I believe That's like I... a Snopes true one. Really? Snopes? Yeah. That's incredible. What's Snopes. What? Uh, what? That's so crazy. That's I'm not even saying this to you. That is as crazy to me as if you were that's as crazy to me if you were like if you were like Yahoo? What's yeah. Yahoo? Wait, you've never heard of Snopes? No. It's a very popular That's insane. It's a debunker site. When you hear some like crazy internet rumor, okay. You go to Snopes.com and it's it has done the research as to whether or not it's true or not. Why is it called Snopes? I don't know. Why is Yahoo called Yahoo? <laughs> it's <laughs> Google is like a nonsense word. <laughs> Uber? <laughs> I don't know. It's like I know why Facebook is called Facebook, and I feel like a lot of people don't. Well, Google is a isn't Google like a a, a number? Kind a of Googleplex. I think it's a fake number, but yeah, it's a no. I think it's a real number. It's I yeah, think, one with a hundred zeros. <laughs> true, Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, for Marvel, for Mister Marvel's look, the director wanted a seedy gentility. Where are you so, reading that? Um, Buzzfeed. Oh, I was kidding. I was. Hoping you're, I was hoping you were going to say Snopes. I'd be I know. Like, no, what's Snopes? This is just the first <laughs> one that came up. On set, actors. I'm sorry, I don't know what Snopes is. Why is it called Buzzfeed? On, s- you know what? <laughs> on set, actor Frank Morgan <laughs> turned out crazy. the coat pocket, and to his shock, L. Frank Baum was stitched on the inside. Later, both Baum's Taylor and Widow confirmed that the jacket had belonged to the author. Honest question, Dan. Yeah. More surprising, that story or Phil not knowing what Snopes is? Phil not knowing what Snopes no is. No doubt, right? Because that's like a crazy movie. You're like a human person in the world. <laughs> Who lives on the internet. I, I just didn't know. heard of like, Snopes. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm shocked. Yeah. This is like the, the, the movie about the universe where the Beatles, everyone forgets the yes, Beatles. Yes, There's just one person. <laughs> I know what Snopes is. It's a reverse it's a less yesterday. interesting movie. I know. We, we could create a fake Snopes <laughs> and just sell it to Phil. <laughs> He's going to be like, this is such a brilliant site. You guys came up with this? We're like, yeah, we came up with this. <laughs> oh, I love that Beatles movie trailer it's so It's a great much. looking trailer. It's a great looking trailer. So uh, let's talk about the plot of uh, Stuart Little because that's, I guess, what we're going to do. Um, it opens. That's what we do on this podcast. we do on this podcast. We open on George being taken to school by his parents. He's super excited. Today's the day. Today's the day. They're going to adopt a little brother from him. He's very excited. How fast can you do this? We'll we'll chime in. You do it as fast as you can do it. And we'll <laughs> chime in here and there with hilarious jokes. But let's see how fast you can do it. Okay, he's very excited. Uh, it's immediately clear. Um, Not that fast. Keep going. While George is at school, his parents go to an orphanage where they meet an anthropomorphic teenage mouse named Stuart. It's weird that he's a teenager. He is a teenager. He has to be a teenager. How long do mouse mice live? (laughs) How long do mouse live? (laughs) (laughs) With the age-old question, how long do mouse live? But but it's a serious question because I assume that mouse live, mice live, live. um, 
like five years. Yeah, teenager. Are we talking about a mouse years? Yeah, I don't know. You should probably look up how I long will look it up. I, like, um, I also like I much. I do prefer that this is like a Kafka's nightmare where it's a human who looks like a mouse. <laughs> that is very Kafka. The Kafka yeah. nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, the, the, the Kafka story is a woman giving birth to a human who looks like a mouse. You mean the book? Yeah. You want to hear something? <laughs> well, also, the movie. You want to yeah. hear something depressing? Yeah. Yeah. Five to seven years. Oh, that's oh. Sad. So he's not a teenager. <laughs> he's well, in, only in mice years. Mice, it means he's six months old. <laughs> he's very well read. Um, so despite misgivings from Mrs. Keeper, they adopt Stuart. They take him home. Uh, Stuart is uh, greeted coldly by George, who refuses to acknowledge that the mouse is his brother. The uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> understandably, George pushes back, yeah. feels as though this is weird. Uh, <laughs> Why is it? This movie, this, this movie should be like a cable guy type movie. Yeah, where, like, it should be. Where he, like he's like, don't you? He's been. Don't you understand? Matt, he's been cr- Stiller. It's it Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Broderick. Yeah. Matthew Broderick's like, don't you get it? Yeah, he's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. And you're all like, crazy. Everyone's like, no, no, no. You're crazy, Matthew yeah. Broderick. I also Another adorable. Man. I just pff, he I just should wish- be the. This should also be a, a, like a a weird story where he's just Matthew Broderick, but everyone acts like he's a mouse. But the movie. Is <laughs> 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 he's also a better movie. This is the Lord and Miller version we need. <laughs> You're a Everyone thinks he's Yo, a that's like that new show on uh, Hulu. The, Which one? The act. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Pen15. I'm talking no. about the act. The act is that that's, it's that's mommy, sh- that's mommy, mommy dearest. dearest and what is it? I, mommy dead and dearest? Where, yes, yeah. Well, she has convinced her yes. daughter that she's like sick well, and dying. Yes. So like we will have, we will convince Matthew Broderick that he's actually a mouse. <laughs> oh, I thought you we meant will. Pen15 also on Hulu. Which is fantastic. in a middle school, but it's two like 30 year old women playing teenagers. Yes. Where yes. I want to Pen15 this, where it's Matthew Broderick as Matthew Broderick playing the mouse. <laughs> Stuart. Yeah. I would watch it. <laughs> Uh, I pay money shot to see remake. Would, shot I, for shot remake. <laughs> that is doubling down on this on a level I'm, that's amazing. That, but that would be great. Could you imagine Matthew Broderick on the <laughs> on the boat? <laughs> <laughs> Broderick in the car. The car's no bigger. It's oh. still a tiny car. <laughs> Broderick, when he has to go uh, live with the mice. To be honest. Stuart's car kind of like the car from Ferris Bueller. That's true. Yeah. He, he basically, it's just a little He's Ferris basically Bueller. Except a without a personality. personality. I'm kind of no. surprised Matthew Broderick wasn't the voice of this mess, I'm being completely honest. No, he was probably yeah. second choice. <laughs> um, he here's one of the things I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I don't like about this film is that Stuart has like no agency in the story. He's just, true. he's just pushed around like a little pawn. And every now and then he's like, oh, I mean, I guess I can try this. This is because there is no protagonist in this movie. Yeah. I've never true. seen a movie it's without true. a protagonist. It's true. This movie has no protagonist. Yeah, it doesn't. At its base level, it's a bad movie. Yeah, I agree. Aside from being like a laughable movie, which is, you know, we've seen a lot of laughable movies that are actually fun and great. Like, this is not great. This is a a a, a very incompetent movie. But I do think that Stuart's bathroom is really cute. I like that it he, has a little, he has a little toothbrush. He's yeah. got a little toothpaste. He's got a little sink. It's I like cute. it. It's cute. But like how it. did they? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the I parents think it's... going through the effort to outfit their home for a mouse is is disheartening in New York City when so many children need a home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that got dark. I like. I, I I'll tell you one thing I like about it. Yeah, the movie. Hugh Laurie and Sheena Davis play like a, a very specific brand. It's a weird New couple York. too, by the way. They are a weird couple. Yeah. They're a weird couple, like from a movie star standpoint. Like 
Gina Davis, who was like 15 years into like a leading lady career, nominated mm-hmm. for Oscars, fucking Thelma and Louise, like a League of Their Own, like just huge. And Hugh Laurie, who like had almost done basically nothing yeah. at that point. Yep. At least in America. Yeah, he was a little fry in Laurie. And um well, he'd done Sense and Sensibility Black, by this point. Black Adder. Black Adder. Just a couple years before. Yeah. Sense of, he's great in Sense and Sensibility. I've seen it in a long really? time. It's a great I movie. think I have, but not when I would associate him. You know, not not when I knew sure. actors. Sure, sure, sure. He's a weird you you'd think you'd want a movie star up that that role as well. But yeah. how do you talk a movie star into being in the movie? Second with, fiddle to with Stuart. the anthropomorphic mouse. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, it's hard with Gina Davis. You know how much money she made off this movie? Did she? She she took a piece of the back end. Oh, smart! Instead of an upfront, smart. Part. She made like seventeen million dollars. Good on work, Gina. But I know that like funded her entire archery career. <laughs> she has an archery career. Went to the Olympics. She, yeah, she's at an Olympic level. You archery. don't know Snoop, and you thing? don't know. This is true. Snoops? Yeah, Snoop, Snoops. Snoop it Snoops. up. Snoop it up. Snoop. This is real. Gina Davis, <laughs> legit, world-class See, now gonna, I question everything. It's yeah. true. How would we both – we didn't plan this beforehand. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't even know her. We've never met. I don't even yeah. follow him on Twitter. Yeah. And you I, do now, though. I unfollowed no, I only her follow you. Because I unfollowed everyone I, I don't know, but I'm going to have to now follow you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I just – Twitter is too much for me. Um, I don't know. All right, so Jeffrey so Jones. So Jeffrey Jones shows up, and unfortunately, he shows up because he's a canceled person, and we shouldn't talk about Jeffrey Jones. Oh yeah, um, he's in every. Fucking they had to get. Movie. They had to get rid of that whole ride at Disneyland. <laughs> Wait, which ride? What? Um, it was too scary. It was the alien ride. Oh, Jeffrey Jones he's is a, a guy who is in some of my favorite oh, films. Beetlejuice. I saw Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, he's also in Sleepy Hollow. Uh. He's he's on Deadwood as well, and he's great on Deadwood. Hey, but he was he just he was in Ravenous. He was in Ravenous. One of the best parts of that movie. He's great in it. I yeah. mean, it's just unfortunate that he's a monster. And Ferris he's a monster. Ferris Bueller. Um, but yeah, he was like the voice, the video intro, like the thing oh. on this uh, Disney ride. They canceled. They they deleted it, or well, they just re-recorded somebody else. No, they well they got rid of the whole ride. Basically, they didn't like this ride, and they were like, "Well, we're going to rejigger this ride," and they were putting a lot of time and money into investing into like kind of figuring out a new way to make this ride. Yeah. And then that happened and they're like, oh, fuck it. Just start over. <laughs> Shut start it down. Over. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. He just, anyway, he shows up. It's a Beetlejuice reunion, Gina Davis and him. Anyway. Mm-hmm. A comparison to, sorry to go no, on please. Tangent, a comparison to Beetle, Beetlejuice. I like when there's couples in movies who are like both fun and like cool and get along. And I like that Gina Davis and Hugh Laurie are both like a good couple on the same they're page. They're game. They, they're they're hundred percent like they're committed oh, to the bit. She has a moment where she cries. Yes, that's un when they're in bed and she's and she's like really sad. About yeah, it. yeah. Like, it's just like whoa. Uh, did, was this pulled from another? <laughs> this movie? is a better movie. No, no, literally, did they like yeah. get? Like, did they get a shot from like yeah. another movie she was in? Yeah. But oh, what I, I want to know how she them. got there too. Like, what what did you have to do? <laughs> Susan Sarandon dying. She's a professional. But what what? Oh, what I want to say about them was like they're a very specific brand of New York Upper East Side nerd. Yeah, that like grown up <laughs> nerd that nobody would believe existed unless you like knew people knew these people from New York in real life. But I'm saying I also really liked her and Alec Baldwin and Beetlejuice. Also, was like nerds. Yeah, like yeah. a cool, good-looking nerd. Yeah, like like Burton nerd. Yeah, but you forget yeah. that that's Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice. Like, I often forget yeah. that it's him because it looks nothing like uh, him handsome. anymore. He's still, a very. I mean, he's still handsome, sure. He is but very I just, handsome but in Beetlejuice. He just—that's not a role he would ever play again. Yeah. So you know, anyway, um, Estelle Getty shows up. 
she's great. Anyway, uh, George has one of the best lines in the movie when he screams, he is not my brother, he's a mouse. <laughs> and no one believes him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway. It's, it's plausible. <laughs> it's plausible that this is just a small human. Although I would say like if if you went if he went to his elementary school teacher and was like my parents are insisting that a mouse is my human brother they would take him away absolutely they'd be like your parents are out of their minds yeah. <laughs> do you guys think it's possible mm-hmm. that M Knight and the other writers and the other creators of this never read the book absolutely they just read like Cliff Notes or maybe even the back if that. jacket. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's a mouse. His I name's Stuart Little Cool. I think someone's like, it's a mouse adopted by a, fa- a mouse. Someone's like, pitch them, mouse family, go. And Emma Shaman was like, I shouldn't read the book. A better title I- too, by the way. <laughs> mouse family, go. <laughs> he didn't want to be like polluted by by the E.D. Yeah. right of it all. Yeah. Polluted? Yeah, polluted. He probably didn't want to fucking read it. Yeah. I mean, M. Knight, what a loser. Um, this is his only credited screenplay that he didn't also direct. Is he it? Was- She's, well, because well, yeah, he fought for She's All That. She's All That. He was not credited. Well, for. it's like because once he made The Sixth Sense, they were going to let him direct whatever he wanted. True. Yeah. Of course. That's true. Yes, that is also, true. Also, because he's a man. Yep. Well, well, not a white man. It's true. Yeah. But I would still argue that even non white men have an easier time than women to consistently direct. I would agree with that. From a number Sadly, standpoint, I think that that's probably been, true. I think that's been borne out by history. Um, he's a very unique case. Yeah. Just, it just in, in Hollywood. He has had ten chances. He's gotten so many get out of jail free cards, considering how many of his films have not been successful. Have you ever read the Wikipedia page for the Lady in the Water? Oh, I've seen Lady in the Water. No, yeah, of course. That's bananas sounding. I've read it. it. I've read that we just read as it bananas as you think at it a is. party, just out loud. The Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. That Snurfs. was the party. Yeah, yeah. Snurfs. There's there's like yeah. nonsense words. Yeah. It's so that, funny. He, well, like, you know how he came up with it, right? No. I don't know if the Wikipedia page told you this or not. It started as him telling a story to his daughter. Aww. So at night he would tell her a new chapter, and he just kind of wrote this story on the fly, essentially. I mean, that's a very Charles started. Dickens of him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm sure he was inspired by That's Dickens. That's like you reading the Wikipedia page at a party is like a Stefan thing. You know, it's like we have Dana Schwartz reading the Wikipedia page <laughs> of Lady and Water. Lady the Water. That's incredible. That's I will show up to your parties. I will. And read the Wikipedia page for Lady in the Water. I know. I think we're putting together a great 99 party because we yeah. already, already have 200 cigarettes like oh proj- God, projected on the roof. Yeah, yeah. And then Dana reading <laughs> Wikipedia in the corner. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a great party. Uh, all right. So, I don't know. There's some fucking cats. They show up <laughs> and they're upset. Basically, Snowbell, not Snowball, Snowbell is upset that she has to. Is it a she? Yeah. Is it a he? No, it's a he. It's, it's Nathan Lane. <clears throat> in Snowbell's defense, Snowbell is the name of the uh, cat, the cat in, in the, the book. book. All right, fine. Uh, Snowbell's pissed that. In the right. In the, in the essentially, right... that Stuart is her master. His yeah, master. That, that's, that's kind of uh, charming. In the right scenario. Sure. Right? It's an interesting dynamic. I actually thought the scene in the kitchen with the cats when Monty shows up and there's that whole thing. I thought the effects actually looked maybe their best in that sequence. The effects are always better when they're close up because they can really take the time and the detail. You don't see it on the wide shots or the mediums. But you know, I thought the effects in that scene were good. I wasn't distracted. I wasn't like negatively distracted by the effects in this movie. Right. To me, the pro- the, the problem was was more fundamental. Yes, no, yeah, no, fair. <laughs> but even so, I, conceptual, if you will. Maybe I just like give it gave it a big pass because I'm like I couldn't do that. That looks impressive to me. 
Fair. Yeah. Uh, so then we have this moment where jo- where uh, Stuart stumbles into George's uh, playroom in the basement and they have fun with the trains and they bond. And there's this moment when George is talking about how he's going to race his remote control boat at this race in Central Park. Is that a thing? Can't be a big yes. thing. I'm not asking it to be a big thing. I'm asking for it to be a thing at all. Yeah, it's a thing. Because sure those people... kids didn't seem real and these boats didn't seem – this didn't seem like a thing. I've seen a mo- another movie where people do boats in Central Park. So I think it's a oh, thing. Oh, okay. I don't think it's a real thing boats? like – like No, little, like little, little, little remote, remote control boats. I don't think it's, it's a thing like say like the New York Marathon's a thing. Like where the whole city comes out and it's like – Because it seemed like I, a lot I of people came people out to this. people do this. I think it is – I think remote control boats is, is a thing. Okay, I cool. think Great. that George is cheating. I think it's cheating yeah. to put a anthropomorphized mouse to a human in the hull of a toy boat where everyone else is using. So you'd call controls. bullshit if you were that kid that yeah. lost. Yes, he was right. It's the it's the head kick of the karate kid. Yeah, we're un, we're undoing the the victory. Where That's it's not right. you can't. You're right. It's a remote control race. Yeah. That's not remote control. He's a human mouse. That's right. I would love the kid to go to the judges and be like, <laughs> "Excuse me." Stuart Little fucking drove that boat. <laughs> I don't think that that counts. And the judges would undoubtedly be like, "Fair, the kids right." <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm not convinced that a remote control boat would even have the parts necessary to be For driven. Steering, definitely, it's just it's not. You couldn't sail it. It's. <laughs> I do. I like. I he do. could have ruddered it. Well, no, he had the he had the whole. No, I know. I'm saying they could have in a, in a better movie universe. Right. He would have had to Jerry rig a rudder. Jerry rigging that would have been great. If he, if <laughs> he if, a if, in the rudder, yes, that would have been amazing. If he did that on the spot, I would have had so much respect for the character Stuart Little. Sure, and the, the character movie. of Stuart <laughs> Little. Yeah. Well, he would have, he would have had some agency. Yeah, I would also say too the fact that George. So to rewind just a, a touch, George gives him the remote control and says, "Hey, Stuart, can you I don't know walk that over here or something like that." The remote control being. Twice the size of Stuart. <laughs> yeah. He can't carry it properly well, and thus somebody George steps on it. George wants to murder his son, his brother. We think it's, you know what? At, at that point he does. Well, that's yeah. why I'm saying like psychologically yeah. he, he, he fucking hates this mouse. Until he won. And then he's like, you it's know, very, hero. very Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer where we hate you until you're useful to me. Interesting. That's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stuart gets a car. It's pretty It's pretty <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's a little red car. Yeah. Um, Stu's got his car. Stu's got his car. Rolling up. He's rolling up. Bitties. He's just getting ladies now. Um, I can't believe they resisted the urge to make him like a rude mouse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like a Ted mouse? Yeah, like a rude guy. Oh, you know? <laughs> um, so then. Like a skirt chasing mouse. You know? <laughs> I do think. So this is the turning point for George. Because then he says. That's no mouse. That's my brother. Oh, it's, I'm just showing him a tweet that I like about Stuart Little. What is it? Do you want to read it? You want to read it out loud, Kenny? Uh, this is by Eric Curtin. Uh, Stuart Little. This is in, uh, in in brackets. Stuart Little stops next to me at the light in his fucking sweet ass little red car. My girlfriend immediately turns to me and says, "I think we should see other people." <laughs> Well played. <laughs> That's fantastic. 
And then he made an, a follow-up tweet that said, ladies, imagine this. It's 15 years from now. Your son is up to bat. Your daughter is cheering him on in the stands. Your husband is nowhere to be found. You start to worry. He'll miss the game. Suddenly, a tiny red convertible pulls up to the field. (laughs) (laughs) It's your husband, Stuart. (laughs) This is the movie we need. I love that. Play that out. I love that the kid, like, sees him from the mouth. That's no mouse. That's my brother. (laughs) Yeah, he drops his glove, runs over to Stuart. Gives him a big it's hug. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> and then I wrote next to that, oh, no, not you too, George. Like, <laughs> why did it have to happen like this? Oh, no, not you too, George. So then uh, family celebration. The Littles are visited by a mouse couple, Reginald and Camille Stout, played by uh, Bruno Kirby and Jennifer Tilly. Who this is when the movie Stewart. started to get good. It's Rooster. It actually is the moment when I was like, oh, an unexpected turn. Yeah. I. <clears throat> what if they'd made the whole movie Annie, but it was it was just a mouse as Annie. And then this is the Rooster and Miss Hannigan. Um, yeah more time with Stuart at the orphanage yeah just way more time at the orphanage like just own the orphanage I don't give a fuck about this house you know what I may have actually liked the entire movie yeah if I was in the orphanage and all the kids were mean to him yeah if he was bullied if he was bullied in the orphanage I would have been like get that cute adorable mouse out of there yeah these saints come. And also, yeah. if all the other kids were shitty, and then you're like, oh, these parents aren't going to adopt a shitty kid. Those were yeah, lovely It should be kids. like sleepers, but with Stuart Little. <laughs> she was abused. <laughs> Jeffrey, so Jeffrey Jones in a duel role. Kevin Bacon's yeah. there. <laughs> no. This, uh, um, yeah, so. I, like, think, I think what we've, what we've learned is there is a good movie in here. Well, there's no Yeah, it's protect. just orphanage-based. Yeah, it's Annie with a, with yeah. a mouse. It's more, yeah. it's more Dickensian. Yeah. More misery uh, porn. Yeah. This is it. It's, it's, show, th- me a, show me a mouse being bullied. This needs, <laughs> this needs more Cider House rules. And Cider House yeah. rules needs more Store Little. I agree with that. Cause, yeah, because it needs anything but what it is. Legit question. Which is better? Which is better? This movie. Cider House rules. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance <laughs> Cider House Rules is a better movie it's not it's a terrible movie it's not this is I will say that Cider House Rules is not a better movie because it fails so miserably at saying anything I'm even so, though it thinks I'm, it's saying I'm what so, does Stuart Little say <laughs> Stuart Little's about family Dana. <laughs> you're just saying there was no bar for it to exceed they didn't. They they weren't trying. Therefore, they couldn't have failed. Whereas, whereas Cider House Rules was trying. I'm amazed. I, you think is this Stuart is better Little, than Stuart? I, I'm going to say go this movie. Small tangent. Well, before Please. we go into this, we've yeah. never done that. Stuart on Little. <laughs> Stuart Little is a teenager. Is he attracted to mice or humans? Well, I never saw Stuart Little too. So maybe they they is get into that. Do they get? I don't, let's, let's since... I don't know what the story is of Stuart Little too. But uh, we haven't see. really landed on whether or not he's a mouse or a human. To be honest. So, because I don't think it's clear. I really don't think it's clear. I think people perceive him to be a mouse. It's a very Harvey situation. It's a very Harvey situation. (laughs) He never, it's just a, oh my God. I like the reading of this where the parents lost their child. Yeah. And it's a, it's a delusion that they have that they, that a mouse is, you know, she had, she had a miscarriage and they named him Stuart and then this mouse in their kitchen and they. Believe it to be their child. I saw. I like that version of it. There's the, a there's a Harvey version of this movie. Do you know who's in the second one? Melanie Griffith and James Woods. I can't wait to watch the Melanie Griffith movie from this year, Crazy in Alabama. Yeah, um, yeah it's gonna happen. I saw a regional theater production of 
Little Shop of Horrors yesterday. Yeah. Okay. As one does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was hope I don't know. Are you guys familiar with Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, I'm sure. A, I've I'm seen the movie. Sh- You're yeah. a huge fan. I'm a, I'm a big Howard Ashman person. It's an amazing music. Who's Howard Ashman? He's the he's writer the director. Writer. He he did all the Disney music for until he died of AIDS. That's true. That's it's all true. Thing. It just little, got, it got, real, it just got Mermaid, very right? heavy. That's little all. Mermaid, Aladdin, but he and died Beauty like, and the Beast. He died. Beauty and the Beast. Before one of them came out, right? Beauty and the Beast. There you go. It's uh, like the biopic that I'm writing just for me. It's an unbelievable movie. I mean, play, in my yeah, opinion. I love Little, little Shop, Shop of I love yeah. it. I was hoping, because mm-hmm. I've seen it a bunch of times, but I hadn't seen it in years, that only Seymour hears Audrey too. Ooh. And that it was in his head. But that's not the case. No. Audrey hears him in the yeah. Yeah. Because there's this whole part with Mushnick yeah. where it's supper time and Mushnick doesn't Can't hear, hear him. Yep. And I'm like, but no, it, it's it not. Is, it's, I, it, might, it might be better if, if no one else could hear but it. It makes much more sense. But it, or at the it very least, goes from like a 99 you. to a 92. Like yeah. it's, it's like, a great it's movie. An incru- it's a great movie. Oh, the, the play is much better than the movie. I've never seen it. Yeah, that. the play is, is darker in a good way, I the think. The end is different and it's so much better. And it's, not a happy ending. They're remaking it, aren't they? Oh, I, I thought that Greg fuck. Berlanti was doing it. Am I crazy? I'll try I'm telling you, I'm sitting there at a regional theater production of Little Shop Horrors without even a chorus. They're just piping in this music. Mm-hmm. And when she pl- when she sings Somewhere Suddenly, Green. Yeah, yeah. Well, Suddenly Seymour's an amazing song that doesn't make okay. me cry. But um, Somewhere That's Green, I'm just like, it's the saddest thing. Because she's like, I'm the, she's like, Audrey, sorry to go on the biggest tangent. She's hanging out on the lowest rung of the ladder. And all she wants to do is get one rung higher. It is so sad. All right. It's great. It's amazing. It's a really I'm good not, musical. I'm, not, I, yeah. I'm a big fan. Now I'm going to go home and watch the movie. You should go see the regional theater production I saw, Santa Monica. Really? Yeah. I kind of want to go now. Is it still playing? Uh, yeah, it's playing, it's playing for another what two made you weeks. Go. I swear to God, I was. <laughs> um, I love suddenly. I love suddenly Seymour. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect song. Truly one of my like fifty mm-hmm. favorite songs, and it's in my head. In my head, and I'm thinking there's got to be a Little Shop of Horrors <clears throat> production somewhere in LA at some point in the next year. Right? Accurate, yeah. Like, got to. Or I, I look it up, whatever. I looked it up. It happened to be playing in Santa Monica right now. So you I took, go with. I you got to go. I took my daughter and my huh? I took my daughter, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Oh. And we That's sat in the awesome. first row. All the seats were the same. Like, it just so happened that, yeah. like, the first row was open. Because I, I booked it, like, or I got the tickets, like, two weeks before. And it was, I mean, it's, like, it's so great seeing live theater with, like, in L.A. Because everyone's really fucking good, even at small productions. Yeah. Um, and it's so sweet. Just, I love it. Please go support local theater. <laughs> <laughs> this is not where I thought this was going to go. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Stuart reluctantly leaves with the stouts. Sorry, I, I zoned out for a bit. That's I was okay. just imagining right. suddenly Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, making mental notes. Sorry. It's all good. Uh, George presents him with the toy car as a farewell gift. So, you know. Stuart gets his his little fucking car. Um, a few days later, Mrs. Keeper shows up from the orphanage telling the Littles that the parents, Stuart's real parents, died in a supermarket accident after being crushed by a collapsing pyramid of cream of mushroom soup. Oh, that's such a sad detail. Well, first of all, I cream of mushroom I... soup is my favorite soup, so it also made me really sad. <laughs> that's sad. That's the best joke you made on the podcast. <laughs> It's also true. <laughs> you thought about all that lost cream of mushroom. Well, they just rinsed off the cans. Be real here. It's also, that's a heavy can of soup. <laughs> that was it's a joke a for the movie. <laughs> it's a heavy soup. 
<laughs> so anyway. That was the best joke in the movie. I'm, I'm, I'm bumping this movie up a little bit. <laughs> it's almost the Cider House Rules territory for me. Uh, so then uh, Snowbell meets with Smokey and the Alley Cats. They reveal that they forced the Stouts to pretend that they were his parents and to get retribution and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Smokey orders the Stouts to hand Stuart over to them, but the Stouts having grown love. They love him now. They say, um, they tell him to run, to escape. So he gets in his little car, tries to find the, the little's house, <laughs> gets, gets lost. The little house made me very anxious. Trying to find it? No, no, no. The, the fact the that it was so little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, like, Crammed between narrow. two. Yeah. If this was, I swear, if this movie was directed by someone who was decent, no offense, Rob Binkoff, <laughs> um, it could have been great. Like, I agree. I see, like, like. Think just thinking about the house, like how would Burton have done that house? It would have looked oh, really, it would have looked, it would have looked, looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. didn't even honestly didn't even need to be someone of Burton's stature. Quite honestly, like even if it was a um, Brad Silberling or a Barry Sonnenfeld, like guys who I love, filmmakers that I love, but like someone I with a real eye. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you don't it just need to be to... like a, a tour. Like yeah, you, know, did, you just did Silberling do. Eddie Casper and Lemony Snicket. Oh. Lemony Snicket is good. Yeah. yeah. Lemony Snicket is a really good movie. Good. It's also a gorgeous look. I mean, he just he stole yeah. Burton's Below the Line, but still, like, it's a great fucking looking movie. Yeah. It, yeah. It's the best Burton movie the last 15 years. <laughs> that might very well be true. I think it is. Casper was good because it got it was dark. Casper Casper's goes a little too. dark too. I liked him yeah. as a kid a lot. Yeah, my, my daughter's in love with Casper. Oh, he was our, he was Devin, my, yeah. my sister, Devin, Devin Sawa. Sawa. My yeah. sister loved him. Yeah. It's very interesting. It seems like that was a very big touchstone for a lot of girls that I know. That and Tarzan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tarzan, loincloth, you know. Anyway. Jason Isaacs. Uh, <laughs> and Brendan Fraser. Jason Isaacs, if you're listening, Dan's a big fan. <laughs> uh, there's a chase through Central Park, which I actually thought was Again, I like. I think that the chases were good because they felt uh, old school to it me. Felt like Home Alone too, weirdly. But like they just felt they felt like they they were tangible. They were tactile. I think that if it was done today, all of it would be CG. To me, it just but felt like at like, least the actual vehicles themselves. It felt were. like they didn't need a. I mean, of course, you need a chase could make the movie exciting. But I feel like the tone of this movie was all over the place. Where it feels oh, yeah. like they just threw in a chase because it's like that's what you do in a family movie. Yeah, you have like a whimsical chase. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what is what movie are you trying to make? The, all the stuff in the tree where we're at, where basically we have like Stuart dangling and all the cats are trying to kill him. There's also this like weird like, do you die when you fall down this thing? Because it seems like all the cats are fine. They just fall in the water and they're fine. So it's that they want to eat Stuart, I guess, is what we're sort of led to believe. But so we essentially we start to think that Snowbell has set him up to die, which he sort of did. Yeah, he did. But then he realizes that this is a terrible thing and he shouldn't do that and that Stuart is family. He's all the that. only one who goes through like a, a, a journey. journey. He's the only one with an arc. Everyone else is just sort of, George kind of has an arc, if this but was, it ends in the second act. I'm going to make a hypothesis. If this was a Pixar short, it would be from the perspective of Snowbell. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, Where, and by the way, if this was a Pixar movie, period, it would just be a better movie. Yeah. I mean, if it was just a computer-generated animated film. But I I'm just, saying you know. a short about a cat whose parents bring home a mouse as a child. That would really fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know what I always think it's like that would fuck me up the most? Like, you're a slave, and these parents like this animal better than you. I want to tell. I mean, yeah. I want to get the rights, and I think I can. What do you think? To Stuart Little? No. Okay. To the Pluto story. How, Pluto is in the dog, Pluto? How fucked up You're not going to get that story. <laughs> no one's ever made the Pluto movie. You're not going to get that Disney character. I'm, I'm working on it. How fucked up would it be if you were Pluto? 
And Mickey comes home hanging out with Goofy. But see, that universe is like the Stuart Little yeah, universe, that's weird. where there's that's some. Weird. I mean, some, it's a Stand by Me thing, but like they should make a movie of it. But there's some dogs that can talk, and there's some dogs that are that are. It's like Stuart Little. There's some mice that can talk, and there's some mice that are just mice. Pluto's a dog. Goofy's a dog. Goofy wears pants and can drive, and I don't really understand that. He can They're both talk. In the same- but and I'm talk. saying, like, Goofy can talk. And barely, like, barely. I mean, like, let's be real. had sex with a woman. Like, he has a child. He has a family. Oh, yeah, he does. Max. Oh, <laughs> horrible. Uh, he had sex with a woman. <laughs> Imagine the sound. That is so fucking weird. <laughs> I'm going to make the Pluto movie. I'll just write out a spec. You could write it just up. The, the, just, just call it Pluto? It's just going to be so. You know I would. I know you would. <laughs> I've done crazier <laughs> things. You have. <laughs> I, I mean, so um, should we rate this? A C minus. Well, okay. So we have a rating we're, system oh, sorry, here on, on podcast. No, 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 no. It's, it's fair. We're, wait, we're we're already rating it. I mean, we're kind of at the end of the movie. It's past my bedtime. It's been such a good podcast. It's been a great podcast. Um, I knew it would be a good podcast. I knew the second that I met you, I was like, "This is gonna be great." Yeah. So. Thank, thank you, Dana. Oh, thank you. And when you come back for Serenity and also we'll make you do some, another bad yeah, some, 99 movie. Yeah, some weird 99 movie you'll definitely never see. <laughs> and it'll be great. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it'll, be, it'll be British. Will it? It's, well, it sounds like you know a thing or two about... Oh, yeah. Maybe a historical movie? A historical sure. British sure. movie. Yeah. I'm going to look it up real fast, see if we have anything we could force upon yeah. you. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, because there's lots... Of, we haven't seen most of... The, I don't want to say most, but a good chunk of the movies that we have left. So it can just be a we all see a movie for the first time and talk about it. I'll watch a movie for you. Oh, thanks, Dana. You're welcome. Uh, so the way we rate our movies on this podcast is zero to ninety-nine. Zero is the lowest. Ninety-nine is the highest. Oh. Okay. So since none of us saw this film, in nothing 90... will ever be in hundred. No, not on this podcast. Not in the ninety-nine podcast. Oh, that makes sense. Oh my god, it's it's late. I've had a week. Yeah, a week. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had. A... <laughs> <laughs> it's early. You still got Jesus you gotta, Christ. You still got four more days. I have a to go. week coming. So all right. So um, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> so none of us saw this in '99. But what we do is we rate the movie before the podcast and then after. I so know. essentially, whether or not we changed our our opinions. When I sat down, watched this film after this, I give this movie. I might have given this movie too high a rating. I gave it a sixty-five. Do you? Is this like grades? Like, is that you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a, yeah. no, it's not. Like, like give me it's a like scale. A give me another. Fifty. Movie. Fifty is the threshold of of. But what's a movie that you've given fifty to? Uh, I give fifty to Existence. Um, you haven't seen Existence. Yeah, a movie that I've seen. <laughs> uh, fifty. I don't give fifty. Fifties are weird. We, usually, fifty is the threshold of of recommending recommending it. Let's oh. to give you to give you context. What did we do just recently? What did we do yesterday? Why can't I think of it? Um, we, we did we go. Princess Mononoke. Yeah, we did Princess oh, okay, Mononoke. Yeah. I give that a ninety-two. I, I gave it a ninety. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Medicare. Eighty-nine, something like that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like Medicare. It's, it's essentially zero to one hundred for okay. all intents and purposes. And like, I don't think we've ever given a movie lower than. I mean, I gave Chill Factor a three, but aside from that, <laughs> I don't think we've ever given. I a movie gave a ten to the Story of Us. The I think story of us. that was my lowest. Yeah, and we've we've been up in the high nineties. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tom to Mr. Ripley for me is up there. I'd say South Bring Out the Dead is up there. South Park. There's also stuff in the middle. I mean, this to me, I, I, I think I gave this too high a rating. Giving it a 65 now, I, I would I would say that I'm going to give it a 51 now. So I would recommend it. I'm going to recommend it because I think that ultimately. That's cute, a shock. It's a cute movie for kids. Ta- if, you, if, you, if you know what you're did, about to sit down and watch. Did Enlight Shyamalan write this podcast? <laughs> I'm just, I, to me, it's, it's hard to, 
I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a particularly competent film, but I also don't think I'm the audience for it. I think that if I was a kid, I think it's a sweet movie with, right. with good intentions. Well, I'll say I was a kid when this came out. <laughs> I like I maybe even was a too young kid and it like I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw this in 99 yeah, and I, your your ranking of it I'm in 99. I'm almost positive I saw it in 99. Yeah. And cuz I have older siblings too like sure. this try, sure. and I definitely saw it and never wanted to see it again. I'm going to give it a 45, which is like That's fair. That's because fair. I'm I love children's movies. Like I still watch animated movies. Like I do love movies aimed so at kids. Yeah. And like this isn't there's so many good children's movies and this Don't isn't get me wrong. One. Like Babe Pig in the City and Ratatouille are two of my favorite films. Don't you so. dare put Ratatouille in the same breath as Stuart Little. I, I mean it's about a mouse. <laughs> That's a rat. It's true. Kenny did call him a rat earlier. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah. So what would so you give it a forty five then or now? Both. I th- I think okay. I was right. So you're just holding I stick it. Stick with my gut. Yeah. But do you have a feeling after the podcast? Did we affect I, you, or you're just forty five across the board? Four, I think it's still a forty five, but a more melancholy forty five. Where I'm like, there was <laughs> a so much. Sadder 45. There was so much room for improvement. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kenny. All right. I've just spent the last few minutes trying to find a movie, uh, like a British movie. It doesn't. Well, there's have Mansfield to be Park. British. Mansfield Park. Ideal Husband. Ideal Husband. I've Oscar not Wilde. seen either of those. Um. I gave this movie a not good grade. I okay. will tell you what that not good grade This was, was before the podcast? Yeah, before the podcast. I gave it a 22. Oh. Okay. I think it's a real bad movie. Uh, <laughs> but but I had a lot of fun on this podcast. Here's what I'm imagining in my head. You saying it to Stuart. <laughs> Sorry, Stuart. You were in a really bad movie, You in a real Stuart. bad movie. Now, I did watch this alone in the Palm Beach Marriott. So... <laughs> so it's a sad 22. It was, it's a melancholy 22. It was rough. Um, oh, but man. yeah, the Palm Beach Gardens Marriott, excuse oh. me. Yeah, I know. It's not a You're place. really painting a picture. Yeah. No, you, you don't know the half of it. Um, <laughs> over, over a plate of, over a plate of sweet potato fries. Um, <laughs> sitting at the Didn't think the it garden. could get sadder. I watched Triple Frontier after that. Why? I liked it. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was great. You see Triple Frontier, Ernie? Yeah. Did you watch it? No. No, it's, it's I what heard it's expect. not great, but. Mm, those people are jerks. Uh. <laughs> Not me. I'm being no, honest. No, you. You're being honest. This movie, you're not a jerk. I'm, I'm popping it up a little bit. Oh, really? Because you had such a good time with us? I had a great time in the podcast. I think, like, it's not a 22. It's not quite offensive. I do think it's incompetent. I'm going to – I am going to put it at 25. Like, I mean, they, spent, they spent money on this. <laughs> it got bumped up because of my cream of mushroom joke. <laughs> <laughs> because of their cream of mushroom joke. It's a heavy suit. Whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me it had a funny joke. Yeah. Uh, it's a stupid mm. movie. But, like, it's so – Cruel to just shit on a little mouse. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make the movie. I wish that was the tagline. It's cruel, cruel to, to shit, shit on, on a little, little mouse. mouse. <laughs> I mean, I I would genuinely. I know you're never going to do this, but I would actually be curious if your kids would like it. Like, I just want to know from a kid's perspective whether or not the film works. We know that Dana, as as a five year old, did not enjoy it. Yeah, I I was fundamentally. I remember being anxious about their house. Had I had I had not been, there are no female characters in this movie. Oh, Gina Davis, but like for the child, there's no the child, no, nothing allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing no, for the child. That. There's That's no fair. like lady. I uh, having ninety nine out of a hundred times I would have. I happened to be out of town. Yep. last week and was not able to. It was on under no, a time crunch. Yeah. I was going to show them Princess Mononoke. Thrilled I didn't. Um, yeah, no, that would have been a bad idea. That would have been a bad idea. That's a hard. That's a hard movie young, to watch for kids, young kids, children, yeah. Uh, yeah. who I show a lot of stuff to. But that would have been real bad. All of the other Miyazaki I think you could get away with. When I was a tiny child, my dad brought home my neighbor Totoro. We had never heard of it. He like left with our babysitter. 
We thought it was the silliest thing. We laughed our asses off. We thought Did it was you so like funny. It? We loved you it, loved but it'd be it. like, yeah. but I like we thought we loved it ironically. We th- were like, this is the dumbest, silliest thing because it, it doesn't yeah. make logical yeah, it sense. Make sense. So it's, we weren't like this is an exquisite piece of childhood whimsy. We're like, yeah, this is hilarious. Yeah. We That's thought funny. it was so funny. I do think there are a lot of things that are quote unquote intended for children. Yeah, that children like don't get at all and do think they think it's stupid and then like there's a, a grown-up audience it's like actually like that's really brilliant that's what Totoro felt like to me which we well, loved it we thought it was so funny show, yeah. and then as an adult i'm like oh it's exquisite but like as a kid we made fun of it for years your kids would like i think some of those films but i much. would show them if we can get my get our hands on them i would mm-hmm. show them like spirited away yeah, yeah i would yeah. show them ponyo yeah yeah ponyo is good for your good for kids that's a that's probably a good first one spirited away is pretty weird and wrong it's a little Rollins scary into, it's pretty i love it but it's a little scary like, well, you're an adult I, thank mm. you dana <laughs> yep you are in your 30s uh for a little while for longer. a little while longer uh <clears throat> my, you know Rollins is like super into pokemon so he's kind of already touched that anime thing <laughs> let's talk about next week would you like to talk about next week? Next week, who our guest is? Yeah, it's my wife. Ah, <laughs> I know. How exciting! My it wife is. Laura Levy Nybart, former producer of Entourage. Oh yeah, that's oh yeah, that's where we met. It's true. A real Hollywood love story, just like the story of us. Just like the story of us, which yeah. is actually true. Yeah. Um. Sadly, I don't know if you've seen Story of Us, Dana, but that's how they meet. Yeah, they, yeah, they meet like working in a writer's room, sort of. Except I was the assistant and she was the producer. Um, we have so many children together. Um, she is doing Girl Interrupted. She is. Which she chose. She did. Um. The Winona Ryder, uh, Angelina Jolie Oscar winning movie. I thought it was, I mean, it was a great episode. And as our, our listeners will hear, I kind of went through a bit of a journey with this movie, you know, in the sense that I saw it back in the day, saw it many, many months ago and we were originally going to do the episode and then I watched it again just before we did it and that, I really plugged into it the third time, weirdly. Mm. Um, curious as to, you know, being a young woman. I was really moved by it. Again, there, yeah. I feel like there were, there were like limited portrayals for me of like really unhinged, weird yeah, women yeah, yeah, doing yeah. weird things. So I really liked that movie. It yeah. felt like when I was watching it that I was like doing something subversive or wrong in a, yeah. in a cool way. Same way when I felt like I was, watched Heather's. Like Winona Ryder yeah. for me was very much like, like my cool rebel girl. Yeah, it's a very rebellious movie. Yeah. I think that's it's, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's really interesting. In I think we all kind of felt that way. I, th- I yeah. think it's. I don't think you and I thought going into the podcast, going into watching this movie, that this was a particularly valuable movie. Mm-hmm. And I think after watching and after the podcast, we came away seeing just how valuable it is. Mm-hmm. And that's so much of what this year is like. A lot of these movies, some are great, some are not great, but there's so many valuable movies. It's in a, it's, this year, I'm, and it definitely yeah. falls in that category. Where Stuart Little does not. Stuart Little is one of the most ephemeral movies we do. Yeah, it's um, forgettable and a throwaway movie, but yeah, we don't have a lot of those. But it's interesting because it's the eleventh top grossing movie of the year. What's well, like so. Girl Interrupted That's is also crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's so hugely successful. But Girl Interrupted to me, and I said this on the podcast. I'll say it again. I, I was. It was a movie that I'm just. I'm glad was made. I think it would have a very hard time being made today. I think that movies about mental illness are incredibly hard. To and, make and are often bad and are often bad. And you know, going back to like whether you recommend a movie or not, like there are so many movies that exist, yeah, that you could watch and have yeah. access to. And you know, not movies from 20 years ago, even, but like movies you have access to every movie. And so, when you recommend a movie, like Stuart Little, why? 
I you, mean, like, I got to give it a 51. No, no, I see. <laughs> I see why it made it made money at the time because parents with kids. It was probably it's the only enough. kid movie in theater yeah. at the it time. It kind of was. So like every parent in America was like, well, I'm going to take my kids to see this fine movie. That's the, exactly the reason why yeah. at, as a parent, when you have a movie in theaters that looks safe, yeah. Yeah. that looks like it's not going to bring your, your, your kids aren't going to bring home any bad habits or bad words or fight anybody or anything like that. You you gotta go. It's fine. It's an afternoon with a mouse. But why in 2019 would anyone watch it? It's an afternoon with a mouse <laughs> is the greatest know. thing in a post Paddington world. Yeah. yeah. Why would you watch this movie, Dana? Thank you for coming. Thank on. you so much yeah, for having awesome. me. Seriously, will you come back? Uh, yeah. For Serenity or whatever <laughs> yes. other movies we send your way. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, you're on Twitter. Please. What is yeah. your, are you okay right I'm now? I'm about to sneeze. Is why I'm probably making a weird face. It's, that's great. And it's embarrassing now. There's a mic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is your Twitter? It's a uh, Dana Schwartz with three Z's. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also on Instagram, I think, with the it's same, the same handle thing, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, follow me. At, validate me on Instagram. I have enough Twitter followers. I want sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> I want to not have to what? work and just hold up coconut water. What? What? <laughs> what number are you at on Instagram? Like six thousand or something. Oh, you got to get how, how many are you at Twitter? Like a hundred and twenty or something. You're you've got like it's because I'm funny but not that pretty. <laughs> That's absurd. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, seriously. Um, I, I will say I that. Did, I, I <laughs> he literally doesn't know what to say to this. I meant that as a joke, and then I'm like, oh, there's two nice people I, in this room. I, I'm going to- Three. I, Ernie's great. Sorry, Ernie's three, great. Sorry. Just, just, that's obviously not true. Uh, You're not that funny. I ended this uh, just tee them up to compliment me. That's amazing. You are amazing on Twitter. Everyone Thank should you. follow you. Um, please come back on. We're going to talk about something else from 99 or whatever. How many people on Instagram do you need? To start making money. I don't know. The influencer line? I don't know. I think it it's like a hundred. I think you have to be like really. A hundred. A hundred thousand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Not a hundred <laughs> people. Dude, I know. No, I know. I know you know. Yeah, it's you he's making you, money. She assumed. <laughs> well, he did. He was like, a hundred. <laughs> Your facial expression was like, oh, I could do it. <laughs> the wheels were turning. It's fair. It's I fair. wanted to cut your uh, dreams uh, down. A right hundred thousand. Um, I don't I'm, even know. I'm, I'm curious that, how many I have. No I have. Idea. Now I'm looking up how many I have. I have a on. friend who's a uh, who is an Instagram influencer. I only I need have... a boyfriend who will follow me around and take pics. Like that's what you need. You, you need, need someone constantly with like a good camera. This person gets so much free shit. Yeah, it's incredible. The kind of thing I only have. I only have like 1,700 people following me. Wow, wow that's pretty good. Wow, that's you're never going to sell coconut water. Never going to sell coconut water. All right. Thank Sorry. you, Dana. Awesome. Thank you no, no, no. So I'm at PM Miscove. Oh, yeah. We are at Podcast Like 99. Please rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Podcast Like It. Just Podcast Like It. Podcast Like It's 1999. Podcast Like It. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.